0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM.
2: Well, back to Coast View. Really appreciate you joining us on 103.1, or maybe you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, or maybe you're... Listening on one of your favorite podcasts. However, you choose to to come to Coastview, we appreciate you being there. And I also want to thank our our sponsors. We have terrific sponsors of this show, and without them, we wouldn't have this show. So thank you so much. Hey, I enjoyed that conversation with Jeffrey O'Keefe. the 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 role that the O'Keefe family has played on so many dimensions here in of Mississippi over so many years is tr- truly remarkable. And uh, I've known Jeff O'Keefe for You know, a long, long time, maybe most of my life. And um, he's he's a good friend and someone I look forward to having back on the show. He's just really clued in to what's happening. And it was a terrific conversation. If you missed it, go to YouTube or Facebook and take a good look at it. You'll, You'll be glad you did. Now let's shift gears. Friday is the day I get to visit with my friend Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. Um, Jeff covered the saints longer than anyone else on earth, which I also like to say, but he's kind of in tune with what's happening at the Pelicans these days. He's kind of a horse racing expert as well. You know, we just had the Kentucky Derby. He loves golf and what's happening around that arena. He's just a sports enthusiast, but he works at the athletic. And I want to start the conversation today, Jeff, first of all, saying, hello, how you doing, buddy?
0: Uh, doing great. Ricky, things have calmed down a little bit since the draft and derby week.
2: I know it has. Hey, I want to start the conversation today, as I was about to say, with a reminder about who the athletic is. You know, we're, let's, let's kind of give the short story. Most people have heard this. but Let's give the short story. And then I want to talk about what I perceive having a media background as a real competitive advantage of the athletic, especially. In the in the scope of the of the NFL draft, but kind of give us the short story on the on the Athletic.
0: Well, the Athletic is the largest uh, sports writing subscription site in the world. So if you are interested in love sports writing, have favorite teams out there, uh, I can't think of a better site right now to be on. We have over 500 reporters and editors all over the world, and we're growing. Uh, and like I said, we're now the fourth largest subscription site on the Internet behind the New York Times, Washington Post and Wall Street Journal. We're only four years old. So incredible growth at a rapid pace. And the thing that makes it unique, Ricky, is that we have six editors and reporters based here in New Orleans, and that is replicated across the country. So really every major market we have reporters based in. And you can kind of pick and choose how you want your feed on your app or on your laptop, how you have the uh, news disseminated to you. So if you happen to be an LSU football fan or an Ole Miss football fan, but you also have a favorite Premier League soccer team, uh, you might be into the L.A. Lakers because you follow LeBron, all that can be kind of um, set up so that news and information streamlined right into your app and into your feed on your laptop. It's just really well thought out. And I can't. I can tell you, it's an amazing place to work. The people that run it are very smart, and um, I'm very, very grateful to have this opportunity.
2: Two young men had this vision to create a non-advertising based business model, which is why it's a subscription based model. And uh, and to, you know, to hear that you have over 500 reporters and editors around the world. It's amazing. They've been able to accomplish it. They, they had the dream that they started in 2016 and look where we are today. It's amazing, really. And here's the other point. And I have to always, this always kind of makes me a little uncomfortable to say this, but it's definitely true. As newspapers around the country were struggling because print was dying and digital transformation was taking place. What The Athletic was able to do is go into these major markets and literally pick some of the most substantial sports figures in those communities in the journalism world. And, I mean, as a result of that, they literally have um, an all-star collection of people. That's why you have the team you have here in New Orleans, and that's why they have Jeff Duncan, who's covered the Saints longer than anyone on earth. But, But if you look at the collection of names that they've been able to sort of amass under the umbrella of The Athletic, it's really incredible, isn't it, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I can give you a good example of that Ricky. Um, I'm working on a all NFL team, like the, the top NFL players of all time. We've got six reporters on our staff that are Hall of Fame uh, committee selection selectors, like myself. Six. I mean, there's only 48 in the whole country, and we've got that kind of institutional knowledge in the NFL, and that's replicated across every major American sport. Also, over in europe the european soccer leagues we we have the best coverage of that by far uh, anyone in, in europe will tell you that so it's just an amazing place to work and uh, and i think they hit the name you know they really hit it by going subscription based uh they modeled the company kind of after netflix or spotify realize or you know amazon realizing people will play pay for premium content and i think that's the key it's it's not the run of the mill, grind it out kind of stuff. They want us to go really in depth and give you the reader something that you're not going to get anywhere else. And I think that's what distinguishes the athletic.
2: It's really good. And as I mentioned, um, when you when you think about it within the guise of of the NFL draft, man, I mean it's unbelievable. And then you got draft experts and you know, you can literally go each draft pick. And why they were substantial for that team, and whether you know what the grades are going to be, I mean, everybody tries to do that, but the athletic brings a very experienced skill set to that conversation, and it is like nearly unparalleled, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, well look, our NFL staff has all been hired from ESPN and the top newspapers like you mentioned in the country, and we're getting top of the line people because they all want to be a part of this amazing place and our NFL draft coverage blew me away. I, I knew the plan, but to see it executed in live action, Dane Brugler, our NFL draft analyst, uh, I was mentioning before we went on air. I mean, my Saints sources talked to Dane. I mean, they want to get information from him uh, the guys in the personnel department. That's how respected he is. And the draft guide that he puts out is unlike anything I've ever seen. And you get that free with the price of your subscription. Uh, and it's worth well, more than the subscription to the, the athletic. It's, if you're into the NFL draft, there's nothing like Dane Bruegler's The Beast guide that he comes out with. It's so in depth. Uh, and there's just so many other uh, you know, assets that you can uh, monetize there. The podcast that we put out. Uh, it really is. It's a growing platform. And I, th- I think in five years, it's going to even dwarf what, what we are now
2: okay, so let's go to the saints NFL draft. It's interesting to read the various sources because uh one group might give them an a minus another one might give them a b minus. I think I might have even seen a c plus I don't know if I remember seeing that or not, but the point is people are are not sure what to make of it that's 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 what I'm getting from the reading that I'm doing. What's your read on it
0: yeah I agree actually. I think most people view it as kind of a blah draft because the saints couldn't execute what they were. Their plan A was to go up and try and get one of the top two cornerbacks, J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan from Alabama. They weren't able to do that. It was very difficult to go from 28, the bottom of the first round, all the way up in the top 10, which was what they were going to have to do. And uh, if you think about it, Ricky, I mean, it's only been done a handful of times in the history of the league to go that far down all the way up. But another complicating factor was the fact that many of the top 10 teams that the Saints we're trying to trade with We're all run by first-year general managers. And if you are a first-year general manager, the last thing you're going to want to do is trade out of the top 10 and create a buzzkill for your fan base to go all the way to the bottom of the first round. You're going to want to make a splash and create some enthusiasm and some momentum in your organization. So it was just a very uh, you know, unique set of circumstances that prevented them from going up into the first round and, and really getting the guy they wanted.
2: You were mentioning off, offline about Mike Lombardi and something he said. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, he actually reported, and I, I trust his reporting. I mean, Mike Lombardi used to be with a general manager with two different NFL teams, including the New England Patriots, so he's really wired in with the Patriots. And he reported today or earlier this week that the Saints tried to get up into the top 15 ahead of the Patriots at number 15 because they were targeting Mac Jones, Alabama's star quarterback, uh, and that they tried to make a trade. I have talked to people within the Saints organization that have told me differently. But again, they are obviously biased. Uh, they were not able to execute the trade. So I trust what what uh, Mike Lombardi is saying, that the Saints were really... I know they were high on Mac Jones, but it surprised me they would trade up and take him in the first round. That's a very, very interesting development.
2: What's What's interesting about that, though, Jeff, is that I think back several weeks... Literally several weeks when you and I were talking about the the uh, the uh, quarterback situation at the Saints, and you said then you wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make some kind of a of a of a trade scenario work, where they could get someone like Mac Jones because you felt like he would be a great fit for this team. You remember saying that?
0: Yeah, and, and I tell you, he's really impressive guy. If you listen to his press conferences. He's a perfect fit for the Saints, and I think he's going to be a perfect fit for the Patriots. So it made a lot of sense. If you're going into this transition period, which the Saints are in the post-Breeze era, it kind of makes sense to add another young, dynamic quarterback to the room.
2: This is Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the draft as it relates to the Saints. We'll get a quick update on the Pelicans, and we'll, if we have time left, we'll talk about the Kentucky Derby for a second. When we come back, we'll uh, continue the conversation.
1: So, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coastview with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
2: Welcome back to Koshu. I have my friend Jeff Duncan from the Athletic, and uh, when we went to break, we were talking about the draft and maybe a play they tried to make relative to Matt um, Mac Jones. But the reality was, when you're picking 28, man, you're losing a lot of your bargaining power. But Jeff, the last time you and I talked, you said for sure their first round pick is going to be a cornerback. Were you disappointed? Well,
0: I think it made a lot of sense to me that they didn't go cornerback at 28. Once Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern, went off the board right ahead of them, I think, at 26, Uh, the grade just did not match up on any other corner to take them at number 28. So the Saints do what they always do, Ricky. They took the highest graded player on their board, and that was, uh, you know, um, gosh, I'm blanking on his name, Peyton Turner. Houston, this defensive end, who they had a very high grade on. I've talked to people internally about him. They're, they think he's going to be a star player down the road, and they value taking big men in the first round. We've seen it in the past with offensive linemen. They like taking defensive linemen. They, the feeling is there's only so many big, agile athletes that God put on this earth, and you better get them because there's a premium on them. You better get them well, early.
2: Well, once they made that selection, though, as you pointed out, there wasn't a higher-graded cornerback. Then it was clear that when they got to the second round, they're probably not going to pick a cornerback there either. Yeah, so, it, it, yeah.
0: They yeah. went with a linebacker out of Ohio State, who I think will end up being a starter for several years in the NFL. Be a very solid player. Their kind of guy, very smart, durable, mentally tough, can be like the, the defensive captain kind of guy, Pete Werner. And then I think they came back and took. Uh, they traded up to get Alson Adebo but a corner who they really like out of Stanford, who's who's kind of raw, Ricky. I mean, he, he's he got all the skill set and all the size, uh, speed ratio traits they look for, uh, but he's a little raw. I, I doubt that they will go into the season with him starting at cornerback opposite Lattimore. That's why I think they're going to be very active in trying to either trade for a cornerback, a veteran corner, or sign one in free agency. They've been linked to Richard Sherman a lot. Uh, that, I think, could be a possibility, but I also think they are going to explore every avenue in the trade market to try and pull off something to get another starting corner in there. That way they can bring this Adebo kid along uh, slowly.
2: I actually read a, a review on Sherman last year, actually, where um, you know, the people were making the argument that it was his head and his experience that were sort of outweighing the fact that he had lost some of his step. Now, now we're here a year later. Has he lost his step?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, he's very similar stage of his career as Malcolm Jenkins, who they brought in a year ago. Philadelphia felt like it was time to move on from him. We saw Malcolm Jenkins play very well last year. These smart guys like that, they know their strengths and weaknesses and can compensate. And I think the Saints have enough good players in their secondary. Really, they, that's the strength of their defense with the safety position and Marshawn Lattimore. They just need to fill that other spot. Sherman would make sense, but I don't think that that's the focus right now. I think the focus is trying to find a, a corner via trade.
2: Be very interesting because you know, I, I, as you said so many times on the show, they're deeply concerned about it. They need to fill that slot, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I probably will make a big trade. Anything else on the draft before we shift gears?
0: No, no, just to follow up on the on Peyton Turner. I do think that is a good investment for down the road. Uh, you don't know. What you're getting right now from Marcus Davenport, their first-round pick from a few years ago. Cam Jordan's play dropped off last year. He's going to be 32 this summer. Uh, you have to kind of take care of that position long-term. So I think it makes sense. It might, it, And that's, unfortunately, Ricky, media types, fans, they tend to look at what's in the now, the present. Guys like Mickey Loomis, they're looking two and three years down the road when they make these picks, and that's what Peyton Turner was all about.
2: No doubt about it. Okay. Any, any thoughts about the Pelican situation at this moment?
0: Well, look, they got a big win, uh, the second back-to-backs against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they're still clinging to life. I think the real issue they've got is now they've got to play their next six games, five are on the road. They've not been a great road team. And it's hard to find one game in that stretch that you say, that's a definite win. And, Ricky, they're pretty much going to have to have a, at least a 4-2 and two record to have a chance to get that 10th playoff spot. So I think they are really put themselves in a difficult position. But it was encouraging to see them come back and beat the Warriors the other night and shut down Steph Curry on the second of a back-to-back. And I will plug, my, my Zion story is finally coming out next week. I really hope people get a chance to read it. I think you're going to find out a lot about Zion Williamson that you didn't know about him off the court. What kind of person he is, his personality, his attitude, I think it's going to be very encouraging.
2: Well, as you said so many times on this show, I mean, he's a grounded young man. He, he's not out gallivanting. He's a very private young man, and he's a great leader of this team. And uh, he, he's somebody we're going to be talking about for many years to come, barring any major injury that hopefully he won't have. So in the closing thoughts, uh, Kentucky Derby just happened, and I'm sure they were just thrilled to be able to – got less than a minute – but get, you know, to actually have the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. What were your thoughts on that?
0: Well, it was great to see fans back in the stands, the pageantry of that sport, being a Louisville native. I mean, that's basically our Mardi Gras. And uh, Bob Paffert won his seventh Kentucky Derby with basically his Seahorse. Amazing. Uh, but, yes, I, it's another return to
2: normalcy in the sports world. Well, Jeff, you we could always we could go an hour every Friday. But listen, I really, really appreciate your time. You bring so much value to here to here to Coast you, And uh, I look forward to staying in touch and we'll see you next week. Yeah, looking forward to it, Ricky. Have a great weekend. You bet bud. Take care. And we'll see you on Monday morning. Thanks.